You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. First of all, let's go to 2 Timothy. And this, whoever I gave my notes to, I'm really sorry. Uh, 2 Timothy, because it wasn't in them. Chapter 1, verse 5, it says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt in your grandma, Lois, and your mama, Eunice, I am persuaded it's in thee also. So what is that word? Everybody say, unfeigned faith. Unfeigned. So what is that? That means it's real. Yes. It means it's genuine. Yes. And so if something is real... There's also fake. So what's that brand you all girls you like, that, that you ladies like? How, how about like Gucci? Is that a real brand still? Is that a good one anymore? Um, oh, I, I didn't I get one of those. Um, I, we were somewhere, I think it was in New York City. I'm going to tell myself. And I've done this too in Thailand. Um, I'll do the Thailand one. Um, okay, we'll do the Thailand one. So I was in Thailand and they had Rolex watches for sale. Looked like the real one, but you could tell it wasn't a real one because, you know, if you you don't know, a Rolex doesn't like, you can't tell when the second hand, it's just smooth and it's expensive. And I liked my fake Rolex until the day I took it into a jeweler here to get it, um, a new battery in it. He threw it at me. (laughs) He said, I ain't touching that. But anyway, so in order to be fake, it's got to be a real Remember, Jesus said, uh, he talked about true worshipers. This is the hour with true worshipers. So if there's true worshipers, there's false worshipers, and there's everything in the middle. And so what's real important right now uh, in, in my heart and what the, on the Lord's heart to help you is if there's unfeigned faith, we wouldn't use this word, we'd say if there's genuine, if there's real faith, there's fake faith. And there's everything in the middle. Now, I'm talking about faith with the ability to receive the promises of God that are yes and amen. Because how do you receive the promises of God? You have to do it by faith. It's just like when you got born again. It's uh, by faith, through faith, by grace, through faith, you've been saved. Is that right? All right. So we want the unfeigned faith. You want the real thing, right? You want the real thing, right? So let's remember some things. So we talked about how faith comes. Romans 10, 17. Everybody in this room, everybody knows Romans 10, 17. Do you know Romans 10, 17? Can you quote Romans 10, 17? So faith comes by and by the. And so we broke this down a little bit. So faith comes by physical hearing because you've got to physically hear it first. So it's got to fall on your natural ears. But I also believe that word by hearing has to do more in the spirit realm. You know, you're a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And so your spirit man needs to grab a hold of the word of God, the seed of the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, the it says word of God, but that's translated from the word rhema, Christos. Rhema, Christos. What is a rhema? Well, a rhema is a spoken word, or it's a word that comes alive. Now, you have to watch this because I've watched people teach on this, and and if you haven't heard these things before, you'll take it a a wrong way. Now, listen to me. You can't get a true rhema unless you get it from the logos. So the logos is, is still, for us in this hour, the most important thing. Don't try to be get a rhema without having a logos. In other words, if you don't have the word of God hidden in your heart, if you're not reading, if you're not studying, if you're not doing some of the things I'm going to talk about today, you won't get to a rhema. 
And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by a rhema Christos. That word Christos is from the word we get anointing. That's not, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It is a description, Jesus, the anointed one. So we need to hear the word of God. And you're not going to, no matter what you think, you still need preaching and teaching from anointed men and women of God from the fivefold ministry. You're never going to do without them. You're never going to do without them. uh, Whether you like it or not, I am necessary for you. All right? And and so, so you need the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. And you need to be hearing it. And we talked about that. You should be hearing it regularly. And yes, you should read it. And yes, the Holy Ghost is the teacher. And you have the anointing that teaches you all things. But you need, because if you look at Romans 10, it talks about, and how can they hear except by a, a, a preacher? Right? And so that's important. And so uh, as we get into some of this, I want to talk to you about this. I want to remind you of some things. Now, we're hearing the word of God. We're hearing a rhema, Christos, and then faith comes. Where does it come to? Where is faith? Where where do you need faith? So let's remind you all. uh, God is saved here. You're born again. How'd that happen for you? How'd that happen for you? Uh, Romans 10.8. Again, sorry for the people who are, don't have notes or, or have notes because it's not in there. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your, can you believe with your mind? Can you believe with just knowledge? Now, listen, stick with me. I'm going really slow. And do you, have I ever said you don't need knowledge? No, the Bible says my people perish for a lack of it. So do you need it? Yes. You better get you some. Do you need to renew your mind? Yes. You better. You're not going to walk in victory. Right? But where does faith originate? This is one of the things I know. I pastor Cornerstone Word of Life Church. So I know as your shepherd where most of you are. I'm not pastoring a church that is not hearing the word on a regular basis. I'm not an itinerant minister trying to go into a church and figure out where y'all are. I know what you've gotten. If you've been here, I look around the room. Some of you are new, but some have been here a long time. So how many of you believe that it is the will of God for you to be healed? Can I see your hands? Seriously. How many of you believe it's the will? How many of you believe it's the will of God that you be blessed? How many believe it's the will of God that you have peace? How many believe the will of God you have joy? See, I'm not talking to untaught people. You know, um, I was listening to someone who was teaching at a conference, and in this conference, almost everybody was a minister or very uh, a seasoned believer. You could tell. Because as he was doing it, I was going, uh-huh, amen, that's right. And it was helping me. It was deep. But then the pastor side of me came out. It's like, oh, what would happen if somebody was new and he, they heard that, they would get in error. So you got to know where you're at. You know, the Holy Ghost is the great teacher, and he will tailor something to the really physical audience first. Um, I found this out when I started, Pastor Ron and I started traveling. I'm going to get with my message, but this will help you all figure out where we're at, what the Holy Ghost is doing. Because he knows where you're at. He knows what you've been taught. He's trying to take you to the next level. And he's taking you to the next level by slowing things down and really evaluating uh, so that you can receive the promises of God. The only way to receive the promises of God is through faith. And so since you know it's the will of God to heal you, since you know it's the will of God to prosper you, since you know it's the will of God to peace, have you have peace to protect you, all those things, then we have to make sure that we're walking in the just shall live by faith, 
living faith. We're trying to do that. And so I remember when we went to Damata, to these Bible schools, they were all over the world. And then sometimes it was interesting. I, they would have me teach some of the similar things on the Holy Spirit, uh, authority of the believer. That's kind of the thing I'm known for. And so uh, we would do that. But in some schools, it was, um, it was Holy Spirit kind of light or authority kind of light. It was very general. It wasn't even sometimes where I taught the church. It was below that. I was like, hmm. And then I would go to other places where it was Holy Spirit deep and authority, oh my, like hearing myself say things that, you know, I, I kind of knew, but I really never preached on. What was the difference? Well, in one school, and it's nothing wrong with any of the schools, people just were where they were. We had new believers, and some of them weren't even called to the ministry. And then I would go to other places where I could teach deep, where the, the leader was selective and only let in those that had a five-fold call. And so the Holy Ghost would tailor it to who was in the room, no matter what it said on the door or what the purpose was, because he's not going to overshoot everybody's head. And so he knows you. Aren't you glad? He knows what you need. And so this is kind of what, especially on Wednesday night, this is what you need. Now, this will go to other people, but, but as you are here, he is tailoring this to you. And so what do we have to know? Well, we have to know, first of all, and you know this, where, what is faith? Where is faith found? It is found in your cardia, in your heart, right? Well, what about, does anybody here know Mark 11, 23 and 24? Could you quote it? But just in case you can't, let's put it up on the screen, Mark 11, so we, can, we could all quote it. But Mark 11, 23 and 24, we'll just really camp on 23. For verily I say to you that whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his cardia, in the center of you, in your heart. Where is faith? Faith is in the heart. Is it in the mind? Even if it's renewed? Do you need to renew your mind? But is faith, can you believe God with your renewed mind? Do you need to renew your mind to walk in faith? Yes, but I'm trying to be very specific with you because the Holy Ghost is being very specific with me. Some of you, like me, have done this a long time. And unfortunately, many of you are giving mental assent to the Word of God. You're giving mental assent to it. Because how, how often should your faith work? Do you ever have faith failures? Well, if you're, not, if you're in faith, you're not going to fail. We have, I hate it when people use that word. I had a faith failure. You did not. Because faith never fails. Faith in God, faith in his word never fails. Amen. What we ought to say as human beings is, maybe I didn't know something. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe it was me. Not maybe, it was definitely me. Right? So where is faith? It's of the heart. And so you have to be careful. I have to be careful that I'm not just giving mental assent, even with my renewed mind. Faith is of the heart. I'm going to say it one more time. Where's your faith? Where is it found? It's in your heart. Can you believe with your renewed mind? Do you need to renew your mind? And we're going to get to that in just a little bit. All right, but stick with me. I know you all know faith and I know you can jump out ahead and you might think, well, what about this? What about that? We're probably going to get to it because we might be on this a year because we're going to walk in the promises of God because they're yes and amen. 
and he wants you and I to have them. Amen? So last week, oh, we're just for now reviewing. Oh, my goodness. So how many of you know the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth? And he's the revealer. He's the revealer. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 that the Spirit of God will reveal them unto us. Yes, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But God will reveal them to us. Everybody say reveal. The Holy Ghost is the revelator. The Holy Ghost is the revealer. Where does he live? He lives on the inside of you. Uh, remember Paul, Galatians 1.12 says, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation. But by revelation. Ephesians 1.17 and 18. Slow down here just a second. Ephesians 1.17 and 18. The Ephesians prayer. What does it say about us? That God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So everybody in the room say, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And verse 18 goes on to say this, that the eyes of your understanding. So you have natural eyes like you have natural ears, but you have spiritual ears and you have spiritual eyes. The problem, you know, is this, that a lot of people don't have their spiritual eyes open. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 that the Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the mind of an unbeliever. Blinded. He uses the word blinded because until you can see something, you can't seize something. Until you can see it, not with these eyes, but with these eyes. So I don't like the word blind faith. Well, we just have blind faith. I know what they mean. You didn't have anything here to put your feet on. But your, your faith is not blind. It, it should see something. It has evidence. It's clear. I can see it. I have evidence. Oh, my goodness, that the eyes of your understanding would be Enlightened, flooded with light, the Amplified says, that you may know, know, that you may know, that you may know. So when revelation comes, the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. You'll be flooded with light and you will know something. You will know, I, I like it this way. I like the King James, his calling, because I believe primarily it refers to Jesus. It also refers to you, but I believe you can't find out who you are until you find out who he is. You'll never know who you are. In the world right now, they're trying to make you crazy, trying to say you're somebody that the Lord did not create you to be. But you'll never find out who you are until you find out who he is because you'll never find, until you know who you are in Christ, you'll never be who God ordained you to be. Amen. He knew you were in your mama's belly, in your mama's womb, and he had a plan for you. The steps of the righteous order of the Lord, he prearranged a good life for you until you find out who you are in him. You'll never walk out God's highest and best for your life. Amen. That they would know the hope of his calling and the riches of his glory. Amen. All right. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. I agree. Hallelujah. All right. So what? Yes, what? Um... How, I'm going to, we'll do it, yeah. How do you get the logos to be a rhema? How? Because I need the logos to be a rhema. How do I do that? Well, we, we, let's look at some things in the new covenant. We'll look at some things in the gospel Okay, we'll look at it this way, and I want you to turn with me to Matthew 16. Familiar scripture to probably everybody in the room. Do you remember, you remember when um, Peter gave the great revelation? So Matthew 16, verse 13. 
When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you are John the Baptist. I don't understand that one. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. So looking with their eyes, based on what Jesus is doing, I'm guessing you're a prophet. Maybe you've come back. I don't know. So they believe in reincarnation or something. I don't know. I don't know why they believe that, but they do. But he said to them, this is real important. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said something very profound. Good for Peter here. You know, we always talk about some things. Good for Peter here. He said, you are the Christ. You're the, you're the anointed one. You're the son of the living God. And then Jesus answered and said, I mean, he used a cool name for him. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed. You and I need revelation knowledge. He didn't know that Jesus was the son of God because of sight, natural sight. He didn't even just know because of what Jesus said. He knew because it was revealed to him. His, the eyes, even as someone not born again, he somehow has revelation. Listen, there's no excuse for us. We're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. God lives on the inside of us. So if this man, Peter, before the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, can have a revelation of who Jesus is, he says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And, and Jesus said, flesh did not reveal that to you, but my father, which is in heaven. So revelation is so important. You remember the guys um, after Jesus, um, uh, after his uh, crucifixion and he was raised from the dead. You remember, you all know the account of the road. We call it the road to Emmaus. You remember that? So these two guys were there and Jesus walked up and really basically their eyes, the Bible talks about holding, their eyes were, their spiritual eyes were closed. And so they were chatting and they were, Jesus was, that must have been fun. Jesus was kind of poking at them. You know, what's going on? I was like, are you, are you crazy? Haven't you heard? Dude, you've been under a rock. What's up? I mean, so he's poking at them. He's just like, what's going on? And then as they were there, then later on it says, and their eyes were, that's not their natural eyes. That's their spiritual eyes. And suddenly they had a revelation. This is, this is Jesus. My point in sharing these things with you is because you need a revelation. You need, you need in order to receive from, to a rhema, a rhema is a revelation and you need it. And who gives it to you? The Holy Ghost. Now, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to skip over the logos because that's what people, when they hear this, who are not well taught, they're like, well, I need to hear from God. So I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. And, I, and God's going to talk to me. Well, God does talk to you. But the primary place that he talks to you is from the logos. And he can't talk to you real clear if you don't have any logos in you. Because he does speak his word. Now, he doesn't talk in King James or the New Living Translation. He talks the way you can understand him. And where does he talk? He, he'll, but where is revelation? It's in your heart. Where faith is. 
Where do you believe? In your heart. Where does revelation come? Your heart. Until it dawns on you, you're not able to really grab a hold of things. Um, I, I, was, I was thinking, I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little bit. I'm going to touch it, and then we'll probably come back, circle around uh, here another time. But I was thinking about Jesus and his earthly ministry. And you've got two aspects of it. You've got uh, him doing things and people receiving uh, one way, and then you've got another way and, and th- some things Jesus says. So, so let, let's look at what, something that Jesus said, and then I'm going to ask you some questions. Not trick ones. Just ask you some questions. John 8, 38. John 8, 38. John 8, 38. It says, I speak that which I have, uh, John 8, 38. Uh, let, me, let me read it, King James. Okay. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. Well, this is where he's talking to them about your father, the devil. And he's like, I've been with my father, and I see what he's done, and now I can tell you who's your father. Based on what you're talking about. You know, listen to me. I'm just going to throw this in. This is not my opinion. I got word on this. I got time to mess. But um, lying is not something that God takes lightly. Jesus didn't take it lightly. He said, you're of your father, the devil. Lying is not something that God puts up with. He just doesn't. Because the source, the root of that, it's all sin. But that one, I think, just irks him a little special. So lying, uh, you know, don't, don't put your trust in somebody you know. Well, you know, I know they're lying, but they can get a lot done. A lie is still a lie, and the source of it is the devil. There's no way around that. Okay? The New Living Translation says, I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father. The Amplified Classic says, I'm telling you the things uh, which I have seen and learned from my father's side. And then John chapter 5, verse 19. John 5, 19. I quote these things a lot, but I want you to see them. Verily, verily, I say unto you that the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but that which he sees the Father do. For whatsoever he does, these also the Son, does, these also the son of God does likewise. So what is he saying? He said, um, I'm telling you the truth. I can't do anything. I, the son doesn't do anything on his own. What, but whatever he sees the father do, that's what, that's what I do. And then we know this in John 12, 49, out of the New Living. John 12, 49 says, uh, I don't speak on my own authority. The father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. I like that in the the New Living. Not only what to say, but how to say it. It's not only important what you say, it's how you say it. It's not only important what you say, it's how you say it. How many know with the Word of God, you can either cut somebody up or you can heal them? I've seen people use the the, the sword in the wrong way. The sword's supposed to be on the devil, not people. Amen. All right, let's, let's move on. All right, so here, I want you to think about that. So Jesus said, I don't do anything independently on my own, but whatever I've seen my father do, that's what I do. I don't say anything independently on my own, but whatever I've heard the father say, that's what I do. Now, let me ask you a question. The healings and the miracles that Jesus did when he was on the earth, did he do them as the son of God or did he do them as the son of man? 
Okay, let me say it this way. The miracles and the healings that Jesus did, did he do them as deity God or did he do them as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost? I think we got, you know, and if you don't know, that's right. If you haven't learned that, but he did it as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he laid aside his deity, put it on pause, picked it up after he got up out of the grave. Because he's walking through walls and eating fish and not gaining any weight. He picked it up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. I'm looking forward. Anyway, so um, the other thing is, though, I want you to see the difference here because, because it's going to help you, I believe, with your faith and understanding some things. So let's talk people who receive from the Lord. Let's talk woman with the issue of blood. Let's talk centurion. Let's talk the Syrophoenician woman. Okay. Now, the woman with the issue of blood, when she touched him, remember Jesus whirled about and he said, what? Who touched me? And then she came and told him everything she did. And what did he say to her? What was his response? Why did this woman get healed? He said, your faith has made you whole. Right? How did she get that faith? Well, Mark chapter 5, it says, after having heard of Jesus, having heard of Jesus, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Now, somebody had told her that I saw he was in a crusade and people touching him and getting healed because that's where her faith was about to be released. She said something, she did something, but it would have never happened until she had a rhema, a, a, a revelation of if I go do that, it's going to happen. Because what, y'all help me out, because what else did the disciples say? Lord, why are you asking who touched you? Everybody touching you. Everybody's touching you, y'all remember? Yeah. And, and what did their touch get them? Why? Because it's not mixed with faith. It's mixed with mental assent. They heard something. So they thought they'd try something. And it got them nothing. They could have heard the same words from the same woman that told this, from the same person that told this woman, if you touch him, power will come out of him and you'll be healed. They could have heard the same thing. But they were trying to get something. They weren't mixing faith with it. They were having mental assent to what they saw or heard. And it did them no good. Because Jesus said to the woman, your faith has made you whole. How'd she get that faith? She heard something. Well, let's talk about the centurion. Remember the centurion? He said to the Lord, you're a man. I can see this clear as I can see. You're a man under authority. Under you're a man under authority. You say to this one, go when he goes. I, I, I'm with you. I, I got you. I know. Because I say to this one, go when he goes. No arguing here. Uh, he does what I tell him to do. So all you got to do, Jesus, is speak a word. And the Lord said, woo-wee. That man's got some faith. That's my paraphrase. But didn't he say it? I've not found so great a faith, not even in Israel. He had an understanding. How did he get understanding? Well, he got it from who he is, but it still had to be revealed to him. It had to be revealed to him. The Syrophoenician woman. I love her. Woman full of tenacity and faith. Her daughter's lying at home at a devil that she didn't get at Walmart. She had a devil because she was doing some stuff wrong. But Jesus went. She went to Jesus, and all the disciples said, send her away, send her away. And then, and then he, got, he got playing with her which most people today would call an attorney over. At least have a whole Facebook page devoted to others Jesus has talked mean to. 
He called her a dog. And people get upset. Never mind. But this woman came on purpose. And all Jesus, he wasn't trying to be rude. He was just trying to position her. Because she came on somebody else's covenant. Because she heard about it. And so what Jesus was doing was, was re, repositioning her because he could see the faith in her. So he repositioned her. And he said, you know, the children's bread, it belongs to, it, it's, this, is, this healing is children's bread. It belongs to them. You can't have it. And then she said, I like that amplified. I think even the little puppies That's right. fall, get some crumbs that fall from the master's table. That's right, right? Who cares? Give me what I came for. I don't care how you talk to me. Just give me what you came. Give me what I came for. And he said, again, she's got a great faith. He said, go. Yeah, she's well, go. Right. But faith came by hearing for all three of them. The third woman came. She was a little, she heard about a covenant that wasn't hers. So Jesus, he, he's not trying to keep things from you. If you're, if you're endeavoring to walk towards him, he's going to reposition you. He's going to have someone say something that you can understand. He is not trying to keep his blessings away from you. This is not meant to be hard. And if he especially, uh, you know, the two of the three of those, aren't, they weren't even covenant people. He marveled at their faith. But then on the other hand, we see Jesus who is doing things by the Holy Ghost, you remember the man at the, the porches? Where, you know, remember where the angel came? I didn't give you a scripture for these because I wasn't sure I was going to do them, but we're here. So, but, but you remember the man um, that an angel would step in, trouble the water, and whoever stepped in first got healed. Remember that? Saw so, so the I don't know, where colonnade, whatever that. But there's like five porches or whatever. And so Jesus came and he saw this man. He said, will you be healed? And he said, I have no one. Everybody always beats me in it. And so Jesus told him to do what? Pick up his mat and go. Right? And it was a big more after that. But let me ask you this, because this will help your faith. Walk, listen to me. Why didn't Jesus heal everybody? Isn't it the will of God for everybody to be healed? Every one of them. I mean, it's, God's trying to get healed to him. An angel comes down. And then now here's Jesus. Why, why, why didn't, it's like people when they start hearing about faith. Well, I'm just going to go to the hospital and empty it. Really? How come nobody's been able to do that before you? Well, I'm just going to go down to the dealership and I'm going to lay my hands on that beamer and I'm going to claim it. For real. There's a house over there. This will get tested right now because I know people need houses. But I'm going I'm to go you know, walk around it like the walls of Jericho and command it to fall and come into my hands. If you're new to the area, this is Alabama, y'all. They believe in the Second Amendment around here. I'd be really careful what you do. <laughs> so, faith, foolishness, or presumption. So, Jesus... Couldn't he heal everybody at, the, at the, the porches or wouldn't he? Why did he just select the one? He couldn't. Why didn't everybody? There was lots of people in the tomb that Lazarus was in. 
Why didn't you tell? You want to put on a show? They all get up. Why couldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Because he couldn't. That's the side of faith that people like you and I have to watch. Because unless you have a rhema, unless you have a word from the Lord, when Elijah called down fire, well, we're just going to call down, you know, we're going to call down fire. But Elijah, when he did it, he said, I did it at your word. In other words, he didn't think up a plan and say, let's have a fire and let's cause all the children of Israel to, that are backslidden to come home. Because remember those two disciples, the apostles? They wanted to call down fire one day. And what did Jesus say to them? You don't know what spirit you're of. Because that wasn't the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, I can only, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. You all with me? Now, what I don't want you to do is, I'm a, I keep bringing it back. You have to have the logos. Do you know it's the will of God to heal you? Absolutely. So if you need healing, what should you do to get a rhema? Well, let's look at it. Let's turn to Joshua 1.8. I wanted to throw those in there because I want you to clearly see. Those three, one with issue of blood, centurion, Syrophoenician woman. Jesus told all of them their faith, their faith, their faith, their faith in him because of who he was, what he did, because God was working through him. Their faith got them their answer. But other places, Lazarus, how many know Lazarus didn't have no faith and Martha and Mary didn't have no faith? Did they? Not at that time, not for, Lord, if you'd have been here. Right? So it wasn't their faith. But Jesus couldn't empty the tombs because he had an order from headquarters to get one man up. And that's why he said, Lazarus. Had to be very careful. Lazarus. But that's all he could do. The, the people at the porch, it was just, why was it that man? I don't know. You don't know either. But I know only one got healed. Is it because he wouldn't or he couldn't? He couldn't. I can't, I, I don't do anything independently on my own. Now see though, you watch that and you understand that about faith. But one of the things you have to not do is then, well, if the Lord doesn't talk to us, then we can't have it. No, 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 no. Because your faith always works. But I just want you to know, though, why some people who grab a hold of part of the message go off and try to do things. They're laying hands on cars that aren't theirs that the Lord didn't have, tell them they could have. They're, you know, a man is eyeing a woman across the thing. Is I claim her in Jesus' name. She, if she don't want to be claimed by you, you can't claim. If the Lord didn't inspire that, and if the Lord does inspire that and she's not interested, you just need to hold your peace and talk to you and God until the Holy Ghost says, okay, now. Come on, I don't know how long some of y'all been in this, but I've seen some crazy. I've seen some crazy. And then faith gets a bad name. But faith works. Faith in God, faith in his word always works. Amen. So what do I got to do then knowing these particulars? Faith is of the heart. Faith comes from a rhema, Christos. 
So I've got to hear the word that comes from the logos. And as I hear the logos, faith comes to my heart because faith is of the heart. And then while I'm doing this, you can't help but renew your mind and get knowledge. And, and this Joshua, you all know this one, but let's look. Um, verse 7. Uh, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not to it from right hand to left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law, or for us, we could say the word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth. And you're going to meditate therein day and night. You're going to meditate therein day and night. And that's what I want to get to. And that's really all I want to focus on until we go. You're going to meditate. You're going to meditate. So let's look at, uh, l- let me give you a definition of meditate. It means to think deeply or carefully about something. Think deeply, carefully about something. It means to contemplate, think, consider, ponder, muse. Reflect, deliberate, ruminate. I like that one. Ruminate. It's like a cow chewing a cud. Now, if you didn't grow up on a farm, let's not talk about it. Well, let's talk about it. They chew it. It goes down, and they bring it back up to chew it again. Do that a few times. That's what you're supposed to be doing with the Word of God. You're supposed to be chewing on it. Brood, mull something over. It means to engage in contemplation, in reflection, to focus one's thoughts on, ponder, to plan a project in the mind, to dwell on anything in thought, to contemplate, to study, to turn or revolve any subject in the to turn it over in your mind over and over again. So meditate. I never heard anybody else say this before, but I heard Opal say this in healing school a number of years ago, and she still says it. Um, if you've ever worried about anything, you know how to meditate. So it's just it's just what the devil does in the opposite. Because if you're worried about something, what do you do? You you ruminate it. You turn it over. You get a picture of how bad this is going to be. And so you, gotta, so you do the opposite. Anytime you're worrying, if you'll begin, to ru- you'll, you'll begin to brood on, think on, ruminate the word of God, it'll get rid of that worry because you're replacing it. So uh, Psalms, let's look in Psalms. There's lots of these in the Psalms. But I want to talk about meditate. Because if you want to turn a logos into a rhema, you're not just hearing it with your ear. You have to begin to do something. If you want to walk by faith, if you want to walk in faith and turn, because you need, can you all understand? You need a rhema in order to be the God kind of faith. But it's not something obscure. It's not something that, you know, only God is going to say to you every once in a while. Like if, if, if you're trying to receive healing, that you have to wait for God to speak to you and say, well, it is my will to heal you and this is how I'm going to do it. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Now, if you're on the upper, other side of it and you're ministering healing, there may be more of that involved. But when it comes to you receiving what the promises of God that are yes and amen, when it comes to you receiving all the promises of Abraham that are yours by covenant, when it comes to you receiving all that the Lord Jesus has already done for you, then faith comes by hearing, by the rhema, Christos. And so now how do I, how do I turn the logos into a rhema? 
You can't do, you can't have a rhema for us. For the most part, you can't have a rhema unless you, you're doing it from the logos, the written word of God. The armor is, you know, the, the belt of truth. And that belt of truth does what? It holds it all together. So the written word of God in your life will hold it all together. And if you don't have the written word of God in your life, you're not going to hold your armor in place. And so we got to meditate. Psalms 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I could talk to you a lot about that right now. But his delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of the Lord. And in his law, he does meditate. How often? Well, that sounds like 24. Right? How, how much are you supposed to be putting the word of God? How, how often are you supposed to be meditating on it? So it sounds like we don't have much time to think about nothing else. Hmm. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bring forth his fruit in season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So you got people who are sitting in the seat of the scornful. Those are the complainers. Those that are, this is wrong. Those are the negative ones. And then you got us, I hope, we're sitting in our heavenly seat in Christ Jesus. And what are we doing? We're meditating. We're ruminating. We're thinking on what? The word of the Lord. And particularly whatever part of that you need. Anytime you have a need in your living by faith, if something goes on, find the scriptures. You don't have to find a ton of them. Find, find one and begin to, to think on it. Begin to think on it. And then as you think on it, you begin to ponder it. You begin to say it out loud. You begin to see some things. And then uh, Psalms 119. <laughs> Psalms 119. Uh, let's look at verse 15 first. Psalms 119, 15. Um, the voice of rejoicing and salvation is, is in the tabernacles of the righteous. That's really good, but that's not what I wanted. Where, where, uh, um, Psalms, because that's Psalms 118. Psalms 119, 15. I will meditate in your precepts and have respect under your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I will meditate in your precepts and have respect unto your ways. God's ways are higher than your ways. His precepts, his thoughts are higher than yours. How do you get them activated? You begin to meditate on them. I wonder if Peter did any meditation on what Jesus was saying, scriptures he was using. And then from that meditation, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Because nobody else said it. And then what did Jesus say? Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You didn't get this from the natural. In other words, you didn't even get this from hanging out with me. You got this from heaven. And how many, you need a revelation from heaven. How do you get a revelation from heaven? Well, I'm going to meditate in your precepts. I'm going to meditate. Uh, verse 78. Verse 78. I love this. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause. But I'll meditate in your precepts. I don't care what you did to me. I'm just going to meditate in the word of God. I'm going to meditate in the word of God. 148. Um, Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in your word. I'm going to meditate in your word all night long. We'll back up. Let's go uh, 97. Go backwards here. 97 through 99. Um, oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all day. 
Thou, though, thou, though your commandments has made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Come on. The Holy Ghost will make you look like a genius only after you meditate the Word of God. But you got to meditate. You got to meditate. Psalms 143. Psalms 143. <laughs> Three through five. For the enemy has uh, persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. That's not good. Therefore, and my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. Right now, I'm feeling kind of cruddy. Right now, I feel like the devil's winning. Now, right now, I feel like the enemy's winning. But I remember the days of old. And I'm going to meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of thy hands. I muse. Again, another word for meditation. I'm just going to keep thinking about you. I'm going to keep thinking about what you did. What you did. If you did it for them, you're going to do it for me. If you did it for Abraham, you're going to do it for me. If you did it for the children of Israel, you're going to do it for me. If you did it for Paul, you're going to do it for me. Because you're not a man that you should lie. You're not changing. But what's the difference? I got to meditate. I got to think about it. I got to ponder it. I got to work it over in my mind. Amen. So I'm, I'm going to meditate. How often? Day and night. And so a key to doing that is this. So let's go back to Joshua 1.8. Now, because you all know around here about this, you know about confession. But I believe there's two kinds of confession. There's a confession of faith. When you have believed, you receive it, and you speak something out, and God begins to move on it. But I also believe there's a confession unto faith. And that has to do with meditation. And what should you do? Well, you should do both. So what happens is kind of, let's look at Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. It should not depart out of your mouth. I mean, what is it saying? You got to keep the word in your mouth. You got to keep the word in your mouth. Now, if you know people who are like, oh my goodness, you're going to one of them name it and claim it churches. Well, you need to be careful who you're making fun of because Jesus is the one who said in Mark 11, 23, whatsoever you say, that's not a Hagen thing. It's not a Copeland thing. It's a Jesus thing. Now, I know people do it in ignorance and have people, after they heard those mighty names that I talked about, taken some things and put them off in a ditch. Absolutely. It happens, with, it happens with money. It happens with... It. Do you notice, with especially our circle, the devil, once you get excited about God, and once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you start getting in the Word. You know, the devil's like, ah. So what does he do? He tries to get you off in error, so he kicks you off into a ditch. And so you've got to be real careful to stay with the Word, the heart of the Word, the intent of the word. You need wisdom to understand what the word says. You know, do I believe God wants you wealthy? I believe he wants you wealthy. I, I agree. I, I believe he wants you stinking rich. But what's the purpose of your stinking richness? To give into every good work. To be a blessing. I mean, if you need seven cars, go ahead. 
I can barely keep one clean. I don't know. I guess if you got seven, you can have somebody else detail them all day long. But, you know, I mean, you know, how many suits or clothes or pairs? I don't know. I mean, some women need 100 pairs of shoes, but you're only going to wear one pair every day. I mean, you know, I get it. But anytime, though, even with that stuff, if you're doing it right, if the Lord asks you for something, you don't care. You're going to give it away. You're going to bless somebody because you know there's probably 10 more behind it. Hallelujah. And you just keep giving. So it's all about the heart and the attitude. But we're talking about, so there is a confession that you need to do when you are from in the logos, studying the word of God, reading the word of God. And I do believe in reading and studying. There's nothing wrong with reading. You need to read the word of God because as a person who understands some things of the word of God, as you read it, that logos, a rhema, it's happened to me before. I've read something hundreds of times and suddenly as I read over it, I was like, oh, and then, then you try to tell somebody about it, right? Rhonda, she's like, oh, are you all? Sometimes when I try to say that, she's like, yeah, of course. No, this, yes. What does that mean? You, it, your, 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 your light bulbs just went on. And, and it's hard to share that. They need that themselves. And it's true with her. It's the same thing. You get something. And, you, you know, you're trying to tell somebody. And with preaching sometimes, you know, like right now, I, I'm, I'm just like, ugh. And, and you're getting it. But so this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You're going to meditate day and night. So a tool of meditation is speaking the word of God. You can't really meditate unless you are saying something. This gate, your mouth, is the widest gate to your heart. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema, Christos. And when you take the logos, which is alive. It's a two-edged sword. This is God talking to you. Jesus is the word made flesh. This is the real deal stuff. This is seed. This is food. This will produce. It never returns void. But it will always accomplish what it was sent to do. Right? And so when you begin, see, when you first started, remember these things like when you first started when you you came out of a church or maybe not a church at all and you first started here first peter 2 24 that by the stripes of jesus you were healed you were like what i thought sickness was from god he don't heal everybody he don't do that anymore that last apostle died and all that stuff died whatever you heard but then you keep hearing it you keep hearing it what happens? Your faith may not have been released the first time, but you keep hearing it. What are you doing? Well, you're going to put seed down in your heart. Now, if we're going to do this right, we're going to have to look at all them four soils again. But we don't have time right now. Because, the, see, all this works together. We separate it to teach, but really it's all together. And so we're separated to teach. But the first thing, listen, when I open my mouth to speak a logos, it's just logos to me, and I don't mean to diminish that, but it's logos to me. And as I speak it, the Bible says in Proverbs 4 that, you know, keep your eyes on it, keep your ears on it, keep your mouth on it. And it, and it talks about your heart, out of the, you know, out of your heart, out of your heart. Where's faith? It's in your heart. So what am I doing when I'm speaking the word of God? 
I am, I am saying what the word of God says. I hear it with my ears. I have this mouth gate that goes down into my heart. What happens? Uh, it, it's working. It's working. It's working. What is it doing? It's producing faith in me. Uh, don't raise your hand, but do I got any habitual liars in here? Well, listen, you be- I hope so. I hope you believe you. Do you believe you when you talk? Even if your facts are wrong, you know, that's all, especially us guys, right? I can be totally wrong, but you know, I'm passionate about my wrongness. Amen. But, so you understand, but, but the word of God is right. And so when you speak it out of your mouth, there's power, there's more power in it. There's more power. It's a confession. You're unto faith. You may not have arrived yet, but you're meditating. You're muttering. You're speaking over and over. You're working on something. You're working on something because you don't have the ability. Well, you know, and you, come on, y'all. You know when you're in faith. Do you know if you're born again? How do you know? Because you just know. That's the best answer. Also, you love the brethren, but you just know. Where do you know? Do you know in your head? No, because sometimes my head, you know, ooh right? But your heart, do you know? Do you know? The same thing when you're in faith, you know it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. No matter what he say, no matter what she say, don't matter. I know what God said, and I'm going to have what God said. And I don't care when it shows up or how it shows up. I just know I have evidence and I got it. But if that's not where you are, don't throw up your hands and say, well, because you can get there. And that's the problem sometimes when you're given mental assent is you don't do what's necessary to get there like you used to. Because I know that. Yeah, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. By the stripes of, I'm not saying it's work, but you have to be at rest in your heart. And listen, don't try and kid yourself. Do what it takes to make sure you're in faith. You know, come on, y'all. It's like this. How many know the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you? Aren't you grateful when he leads you and guides you? I'm always so grateful when he leads me around traffic or tells me something or, or this or that. And I know things. I'm grateful for that. But the same Holy Ghost that directs you is the same Holy Ghost that corrects you. Don't raise your hand. Have you ever been corrected? Not only by the word, but the Holy Ghost will say, stop that. The Holy Ghost will... Don't go there. Don't look at that. You need to turn that channel. I mean, whatever. And so if you ignore that, what's happening? Well, the Holy Ghost still has the same promptings, the same leadings. What you do, you got to be careful. If you, if you ignore his corrections, it's going to be hard for you to follow his directions. Because same voice, same God, same everything. What you're doing is confusing your spirit. And so one of the things you and I make sure that we're not doing is pretending, oh, Unfeigned versus feigned. Now, I know I'm helping a whole lot more people besides me. Just because you know it. Just because you believe it. Faith is of the heart. And you know in your heart when you're in faith or not. And if you're not there, you of all people know how to get there lickety split. What do you do? When I got a decision to make, I know how to be led by the Holy Spirit. haven't always been perfect. Want to do better. But what do I do? Well, if I got a decision to make, I'm going to confess scriptures I know about being led. You're never going to hear me. What are you going to do about that? I don't know. This is a big decision. What are you going to do? I don't know. You're not going to hear me talk that way. Because then I have faith for I don't know. 
And I need to know. Well, I'm not going to do anything right now, but I tell you this, because I'm a, a, a son of God, I'm led by the Spirit of God. I can tell you this, my great shepherd, because I follow him, I know his voice, and he's going to tell me what to do. He even promised me in John 16, 13 that he would show me things to come. And even though I can't figure it out with my brain, I know that God's going to tell me what to do and when to do it. What is that? That's faith. That's faith. And you can have it in every area. How do you get it? How do you turn a logos into a rhema? Don't look at the clock. How do, you, how do you turn a logos into a rhema? You do it by meditation. What's a part of meditation? Speaking the word of God. Um, Romans 10.8 talks about the word of God in your mouth. What's it? The word is nigh thee. The word is near thee. Where is it? Where should we always find the word of God in us, the believers? In your mouth. If it's not in your mouth, you're not growing unto faith and you're not releasing faith. So where should the word of God be? Always in your mouth. How can that be, Pastor Mark? You mean I can't talk about football? Yeah, but you can. But, but as a rule, the majority of the stuff coming out of us ought to be things so that we can receive from the Lord, all right? Um, wow. Hebrews 4.12, we'll just finish up with that. No, we had one more. Deuteronomy 30.14. Deuteronomy 30.14. Is that, is, that, is that one? But the word is very nigh unto you, in your mouth, in your heart, that you may do it. So where does the word got to be? It's got to be in your heart. It's got to be in your mouth. It should be both places at the same time so that you can do it. Jumping ahead, faith, is, faith has corresponding actions. But you can't. people are taking actions today that they don't have any faith to do. They do it because somebody told them to. They do it because somebody else did it. They did it from a testimony. They did it from what they did before. And then it doesn't work this time. Why is that? Well, God's changed the way he does things. No. It's that we didn't have real faith. But you and I can have real faith every day. All the time. What are we doing? We're just kind of backing up. Just kind of looking at it. Kind of for me, kind of what I feel like I'm doing is a microscope. And we got lots of stuff to look at. And I'm having more fun. And so whether you're not or not, we're going to keep going because I'm having a lot of fun. Because this will change you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and we'll be done. For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. That word is distamos. Distamos means two-mouthed. It comes, so we say, I say it this way, he say, we say. It can't be a double-edged sword when he just says it. That's logos. In order for it to be a two-edged sword, it's got to be distamos. We both have to say it. We say it in faith. So it's a two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder. The word of God, the logos, the, 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 the written word of God, and the rhema of the word of God both will divide between your soul and your spirit. In other words, it'll get, it'll, it, it's, um, it, it, you take the word of God to something that will help you make a decision. Because it'll divide off your soul, what you want, and divide off what God wants. And then it says, uh, to the joints of the marrow. It's the discerner of the thoughts. Thoughts are in your soul. Intents of the heart is where your faith is. So the word of God, is, it, it needs to be a two-edged sword coming out of your mouth. But I just want to remind you again that meditation, if we're gonna, what do we do with the logos? We meditate day and night. How do we do it? Well, one of the greatest ways to do it is by speaking the word. So you see something, whatever you need, you find scriptures. Start with just one. Even don't get too ambitious about it. Just start with just one. You take one scripture, my God shall supply. 
my God, my God. He's my God. He's my father. He's my father. He's my God. My God. He's El Shaddai. He's the God Almighty, and he's my father. My God. My God. My God. My God. You're, you're mine. You're my very own father. My God. Oh, my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My God. My God has a throne room. My God uh, paved heaven, his home, uh, with gold, and he's got mansions for death. My God. I, I haven't got the rest of it yet. What am I doing? I'm meditating. Uh, and the Lord, the Holy Ghost will help you meditate, illuminate. I'm chewing, uh, I'm chewing my cud. Hallelujah. My God, shall. Shall is the strongest word in the English. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's not a maybe. It's a shall. Though my God shall. My God shall supply. Woo. <laughs> I'm going to get happy here. Hold on. My God shall supply. There is a limitless supply from my God. The windows of heaven are open from my God, and everything he has is mine. Everything my God has is mine. Jesus gave it to me. Everything my God has is mine. Everything my God has is mine. Everything my, I have, oh, hallelujah. I have a covenant with my God. I have all the Abraham's promises that are yes and amen. My God shall supply all of my needs. All of my needs, everything I could ever need, Father, you've already provided. All of my, according, according to his riches. My daddy is rich. My daddy owns it all. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So grateful for Christ Jesus. Jesus, I'm so grateful that you became poor so that I could become rich. You're not withholding any good thing for me. I'm so grateful for everything you've done for me. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for everything you've done for me. I don't take it for granted, and I receive everything you've done for me. I receive everything you've done for me. You say, well, that's not how I meditate. I just take the scripture. But you keep working at it, you'll get an amplified classic version too. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.